0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number four of Millennial Stories with Sammy V. I am Sammy V, and I'm here with an awesome, an inspirational, incredible human being. I cannot wait to share her with you. Alex Mazurko, thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me. Yes,
0: I can't. I literally, I've been so excited about this episode. Probably, I can't say more than any other episode, but I've been very, very excited.
1: I appreciate it. So,
0: Because I really appreciate what you've done, um, and I've been following you for probably about a month now. Um, but I appreciate what you've done and I love your story. Uh, I think it's going to be incredibly inspiring to people um, our age. And so if you are a new viewer, if you are a first-time viewer, um, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, whether you're on YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, go ahead and subscribe. Um, that way you can hear more stories, um, but let's get started. So Alex, you're an um, online fitness and health coach um you also have a business where you help other people build their brand. You're a professional athlete as well. Um, so that's a lot. Let's just let's just start with how did you how did you get started and everything that you're doing from day one, whether that be when you left school, or let's just start there.
1: So I was always an athlete in high school. Um I was a runner. And I went to college, gained more than the freshman 15. And I dealt with a lot of anxiety issues and all of that. And I actually had to go for in for a stress test on my 21st birthday and I had to run a mile. And I was like, okay, I told you I could run a mile. And like, Yeah, but inside you're not that great. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So in 50 days, I lost 15 pounds and it lit this new fire in me. So I started running again. I was doing Tough Mudders. I did a half marathon and all of my issues from high school with my stress fractures and all of that came back and I was like I can't keep running um, so I was in the gym and I got introduced to a bodybuilding coach and I was like I could do that um, got into it did three shows my first year and did it the bro diet way so ate nothing but chicken broccoli it looked really great, but that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of was done competing. I was like, I don't need to really do that anymore. Um, and I found this thing called, if it fits your macros um, from social media with these girls eating like bowls of cereal and having six pack. I'm like, that's, you know, BS. I, I was yeah. eating chicken and broccoli, you know? So I reached out to a coach who has since become a dear friend um, and a business partner. And I, we had a two hour phone call and I was like, I don't believe it. Like, just tell me how I can do that. And he said, well, if you just eat your carbs, fats and proteins, it's kind of like a budget. You can spend them on whatever you want. Um, so chicken, obviously. So it doesn't matter what
0: type of doesn't fats, matter. carbs and all that. It doesn't matter what type, okay.
1: It doesn't matter. So you could eat a donut has 50 carbs, 10 fat, one protein. Well, you could just have two sweet potatoes and a tablespoon of coconut oil. Hmm. But do you want the donut or sweet potatoes fried in coconut? <laughs> I mean, You know, it all depends. So it's kind of like this budget and what do you want to spend your macros? And I'm like, this is too good to be true. Hmm. So I was like, I'll give bodybuilding another shot and try it this way. Cause you know, this seems more sustainable if I can throw a donut in here every right. once in a while. Um, and my first season, I did I did really well. Um, I remember my coach being like, yeah, you're gonna be nationally qualified. And I'm like, I've never even gotten a trophy. And I became nationally qualified, not only in bikini, which is the smallest division, but figure, which is the medium division. So I was doing what they call a crossover. Um, and it's almost like-
0: Do a lot of people do that, crossovers? Or is that unique?
1: It's a little bit unique. Um, and it's even more unique to be good at both. So I okay. was good at both, but then I wasn't being great at one. And uh, that was really hard for me. So it was hard to get second or third in both divisions are all you the a time. Competitive person? Really competitive. <laughs> which is what led me to, you know, a lot of other issues. So my first year I competed, and the show that I did was three weeks before the Arnold. And I remember my coach was like, shh. You know, I wish we would have thrown you in the Arnold. You would have been ready. And I was like, that's my dream show. Let's do it next year. But the problem was, I competed for nine months straight. Mm -hmm. And so I only had two months off before we started the Arnold prep. And then since I was nationally qualified, then we did the national show circuit till the next September. So I competed again from March until September. So out of 20... Four months, I was in a caloric deficit for 19 of those months. What
0: does that mean, caloric deficit?
1: Eating below your maintenance. So I was eating to lose weight. Wow. Okay. And working out two to three hours a day for 19 out of 24 months. I
0: would—is that not? I assume that's not healthy.
1: That's not healthy. Um, But I thought since I was doing macros, I'm like, but no, I'm like, I have a balanced diet, and but a deficit's a deficit and what i've since learned is your microbiome changes um so my gut was changing and i wasn't able to digest food and i was digesting food more slowly and as i competed last year it was getting worse and worse and worse and i was like it's okay the next show is only like two weeks away we can make it vegas is then like we can make it to the next one and Lucky me, two days, no, not even two days. One day before the last show of the season, I thought it was all going to come together. And I had one of these gut episodes. And I looked nine months pregnant. I was holding 10 pounds of wow. water. So even though I'm shredded, I'm like bloated shredded. And it yeah. does it's not a good look, <laughs> especially when you have to get on stage in like a sparkly bikini. And it was awful. And the universe could not have been telling me slow your roll, like it couldn't have been a bigger message. Um, I still stepped on stage, um, and that was a show I crossed over at. So I had to compete one day in one division figure, and then I had to compete for another day in another division. So it was like two days of me just being miserable. And my friends and family were like, well, that, we told you. Right. Um, and so then it was hard for me to deal with the repercussions of that and everything I did to my body, just because I was overly competitive and that I thought I could push myself and that it was my fault.
0: Was it a pretty low point? It was
1: low. So I ended up gaining 30 pounds in two months. So when you're used to being one weight for nearly two years. Right. And it was never about being a certain weight for me. It was just about being competitive. But when you're, I had to go buy all new clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Zero to 60 real quick. Um, and I was honest with my, with my followers about that journey and I was like, this is not fun, but I did this. So a lot of people want to blame it on their coach or they want to blame it on other things. And, and I'm like, I did this. Um, so for a while, I actually, I turned 26 and lost my health insurance. So I'm like, how do I figure this out um, without going, even, even though I'd been to doctors, mm-hmm. Um, And they were like, it's an ulcer. And I'm like, this is not an ulcer. I've actually had ulcers before. I'm like, this isn't an ulcer. They did gallbladder, liver, and I'm like, something's just not right. And so the more research I did, um, it's your gut, it's your microbiome, and that bacteria changes. And so you're supposed to have good bacteria and bad bacteria. And I just had way more of the bad bacteria. So like in a normal person, you're supposed to have like 25% pink, 75% 75% purple, and I have 75% pink and 25% purple. Um, and so I was getting these tests and I'm like And I found out that you know the sugar-free syrup, which is macro-free, and the low-calorie oats, and all of these low-calorie foods that are macro-friendly have all of these chemicals in them, mm-hmm. which obviously is not good for you. So I, I was like, I'll try it. So November of last year, I tried it. I didn't work out for a week, and I tried this whole food diet, Mm -hmm. kind of like Whole30, and I dropped two pounds. And I was like, I feel better. I had to cut out coffee. Was Hard moment of my life. This is like,
0: coffee is like my um, comfort blanket or whatever. Like I just, in everything I do, I always have a cup of coffee.
1: So I uh, work from home, so I would just brew, brew a whole pot and drink the whole pot I was drinking easily a pot a day Um, and so I had I completely had to change so that was in November but I'm like Thanksgiving Christmas (laughs) we have a trip to Chicago I was like okay we'll just put it off. and I actually ended up connecting with someone who I at the time I, I thought I had what she had and she's like just do it just start eating whole foods you have nothing to lose and so a week before the new year I was like okay I'm in and I didn't have a sugar I didn't have alcohol I I did like the dry January with (laughs) with no intent to just not have alcohol but just to be healthy yeah um and I noticed a complete difference so I was like okay I have to keep doing this and And how you felt how I felt how I looked um the inflammation, I look back at photos and my face was just so puffy. Mm. And I'm like, Shh. And so I've since, you know, it's been four months and I'm in a much better spot, but my weight, is still super high for me. Mm-hmm. And for me to be open and honest with my followers, I'm like, this is what I did. I, you can't spend two years in a caloric deficit and then think, oh, I can just diet again. Right. Your your body has to have that, that safety blanket, mm-hmm. that your coffee, fat, calories, whatever it is, it has to know that you're not gonna starve it again. Do it again, yeah. So I have to spend a significant amount of time eating a lot of food to make my wow. body just to feel make up for that. Time? Just to make up for that. Oh my gosh. So your body goes into, you know, starvation mode. And then it will want to hoard everything and it wants to fix itself. So it needs yeah. calories to fix itself. So I've actually been eating 2,500 to 3,000 calories a day for the last two months. And we recently just dropped it down to 2,200 calories. Haven't lifted in three months. Started doing yoga, walking, walking. Just trying to make my body feel safe again and it's given me more time to pour into my business, which has been great. Yeah
0: so um, First off, that was awesome.
1: Thank you. You just
0: (laughs) Crafted that story so eloquently. So that was was, thank you so much Um, How so let's go let's dive into your fitness and coaching business uh, Online, how did you when did you get started in that? How did you get started? What was like the inspiration behind that a lot of questions I get from young people is just how do I get started Um, or how do I get started in my own business? What does that look like? Um, and a lot of times I think they overcomplicate the process. I certainly do and have done before. So tell me how you got started in that business.
1: So one of my best friends that I met at a bodybuilding show, I met her September of 2016 and she's like, quit your job. You're a hundred thousand dollar coach. What is wrong with you? And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) Um...
0: And what were you doing at the time? Were you I was like, a graphic what, designer. Graphic designer, okay.
1: At a startup called NUMA. Um, I loved my job. But I didn't know the possibility of what was going to happen. And so... All of these series of fortunate events happened, and by March I had wanted to go part-time with my job. I had a few other side gigs, and I was like, this is my chance. My coach at the time um, was like, hey, I really want to bring you on. Like, I, I, it's time, like, you need to start coaching. And I was like, okay, well, this is my sign. I'm like, Sarah, it's finally happening. Yeah. My best friend that was pushing me to do this and I had the graphic design experience and I had had all of this experience working with businesses and I knew I needed to get an LLC. And so I kind of dove in and I Googled, how, you know, how to get an LLC. I had a little bit of help from a family friend and then started building my website. And I'm like, what can I offer people? So a macro guide explaining macros, mm-hmm. um, and I just opened it up, and I had enough clients to be full-time. And I, I never was like, I want to make all of the money in the world. I never said I want to be a $100,000 coach. I just wanted to make a living. Yeah. Um, and I realized I was making a living, and I started offering one-on-one coaching and group coaching programs. And it's crazy that in a year, within building my business, I reached – you know, this unattainable goal that, you know, my friend had set for me. And, but not even, not even trying, just with impact um, and word of mouth. And I think-
0: Impact as in, what do you mean by the word impact? As in results for your-
1: Results and, you know, I have 15,000 followers on Instagram, not near not 1% of those are my actual clients. But the impact that I've been able to give on social media to gain that trust okay so where people will trust me and I think that is a huge responsibility um, I think if somebody's gonna put their health and wellness in your hands um, it's very vulnerable right um, if you had to send pictures in your underwear to somebody every Sunday and tell them what you ate you know it, it can it's very vulnerable Absolutely. and I get these messages it's like I feel like I let you down this week or I didn't do a good job and I'm so upset with myself. And I'm like, no one's perfect. Yeah. FYI, the four check-ins before you, they're all saying the same thing, but you're honest with me Mm -hmm. and that's what matters. Um, so it's funny when I have a consult and people are like, well, what if I mess up? I'm like, you just tell me. Right. And we move forward. Um, everybody messes up. Mm -hmm. No one's perfect but if you don't tell me I can't make the necessary changes or if I don't know what's going on in your life, which I also think is a big responsibility, I tell my clients to let me know what's going on in their life. If you're going through a breakup, if you're in your period, if you lost your job, or if it's your wedding and you just had your cake tasting, your macros might be a little high. Yeah. Um, but if, if you don't know those nuances and the things that are happening in people's lives, I don't think you can truly be a really good coach um without that information
0: so you kind of bridge the gap then between so social media and you putting yourself out there and being vulnerable because i've seen it on social media on instagram uh, specifically that you are raw like you you know like it's like you know you just woke up it you know and things that honestly i would be afraid to say or do but i think one thing that does is that connects with with your audience and who, who you're talking to. So, so you're saying that is what builds the trust in your clients to be able to share with you then that allows you to be a good coach? Is, am I hearing you correctly?
1: Oh,
0: 100%. Awesome. Um, now you're doing, so now you also have, uh, I just love your entrepreneurial spirit. So you're, you know, um, you had this awesome job, you had a good job, and you kinda you got this idea for a business, you've left that, um, you've built your own business on your own from the ground up, I mean from nothing, you know. Um, mm.
1: I didn't even, didn't even put a thousand dollars in Didn't even put a thousand dollars. We were talking about the last
0: podcast um, where a guy um, that I interviewed built a business to seven million dollars in the last four years and he started with a thousand. So I think a lot of people think a lot of people think you have to have all the money in the world and you have to get this big bank loan. And I'm like don't
1: go get a bank loan.
0: Yeah, and I keep hearing that from like and I'm never gonna do it for the most part. Maybe I can't say I'd never do it, but like um, the most successful for the most part, most successful businesses or entrepreneurs are like they started from nothing. They didn't get this big bank loan. They put their back against the wall and they said, I'm all in, I'm doing this. Um, was that you or?
1: Yeah, so I, being the, the safe person I am, I, I did. I do have a freelance account, so I still run another account social media. So I knew that if I left my job, I would have like half of my salary covered. So I only needed to cover the other half. Okay. And I more than did that. Um, by the end of two thousand seventeen I had tripled my So you end. had
0: you had like a side gig going already for yes. your job. Okay.
1: So I had and I was also bartending. So I knew I knew of all else failed, I could bartend. I had mm-hmm. done it for years, I was good at it, I could bartend. Obviously that wasn't, you know, number one on the list, yeah. but I, I knew there was things to fall back on. And I, I, I see it going both ways. I know people that are like, I have no plan B because then I will never be dependent on plan B. Um, but I had a few plan B's, um, and I knew I had my college degree. And I know college isn't for everyone, but I had my college degree. And I, I say this thing, I say, just be a good human. Um, and being a good human doesn't get you everywhere, but it gets you pretty far. So I actually did the design work as I was starting my own business like I wasn't busy enough, I started helping out my friends that needed work. Mm-hmm. Um, a low buff protein who has, Christine has built an empire. Um, a mom in Avon had some extra applesauce packets laying around um, and was a bodybuilder and sick of eating chicken and broccoli. Created a protein cake. And I'm like, you need to sell this. And so I made her a logo and I created her branding. And then a few more people would see that. And... She would refer me to people. And then a few fitness coaches were like, well, can you help me? And then by the time I had, you know, started to have success as a fitness coach, I was like, well, I can, I can tell you how I built my website. I can tell you where to go to get an LLC. I can, you know, tell you how to talk to a client. I can tell you what matters what doesn't matter. Um, and that's how Build Your Brand came about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So Build Your Brand came about by just being a, a good person. And I love that, I love that. I, I don't think you should do everything in life for free, but free stuff usually pays off if you do it for other good humans. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I went through, I hired a business coach, um, and it was probably one of the best things I could have ever done. And if you would have asked me a year ago if I would pay someone thousands of dollars to tell me things, I'd be like, <laughs> I would have laughed. Yeah. And I did it and I quadrupled my income. And I was like, something might be right here. Right, right. And I was like, well, I could do this for someone, but I don't feel comfortable charging thousands of dollars for me to tell you something. I want to give you something. Uh-huh. Um, and maybe that's just my imposter syndrome or insecure nature. But I was like, what can I give them? I could give them a website. I could give them, could set up their email list. I could give them a logo. I could build their brand. Um, and it, as in this day and age, as you know, branding is so important. And having a personal brand, uh, people don't want to connect with business. People don't. People don't care about Procter Gamble. They they care about. Jessica Simpson, who's using the Swiffer, you know, they care about those people that are in those ads. And that's why you have celebrity endorsements. But in this day and age, we have influencers, which, and we have even micro influencers that are so much more influential than a celebrity because we can relate to them. And that's what I've become without trying to be. And I always say that I'm thankful that I'm influential and people are listening to me and they're not listening to the girl selling the button plants or the skinny tea. or I, I want to promote real products that I use. And it's funny when people message you and they're like, okay, but do you really like that? And I'm like, yeah, you just saw me eat the waffle that I made (laughs) with it. Or you just saw me take those pills or, you know, I showed you what I bought at Whole Foods and I would rather just, even whether you're getting paid for it or whether someone gave you the product or not, there's been plenty of times I've purchased the product and then the company reaches out to me because I've purchased the pot product. But as we were talking about before, people just want that instant gratification and that they don't wanna go through that, that work. Mm-hmm. They just want to be given it. But if you like something, go buy it, go talk about it. Go yeah. share it with people whether you're getting paid to or not, whether there's a kickback for you. You know what I mean? Be a good human. Share share the good things that you like, and chances are things will come about.
0: Yeah. That's great. I I did a three-minute Thursday podcast about, I think this is like perfect. This is a perfect example, is providing more value than you take in money. I think if you always have, I'm going to give you more than I take in dollars, you're gonna win 100% of the time. And we actually, Dave um, and I recorded a video uh, about doing something for free. Um, Where like, if you just, if you're afraid of like, I don't know if I have the experience, I don't know if I have, you know, the skill set and to get this job or to do this thing, go and do it for free. And because people will let you do it for free and you're automatically providing more value than you take in money. And you're going to win every time. You're going to learn. You're going to get that experience. You're going to build connections. And you might find out, dang, I'm really freaking good at this. Now I can charge lots of money. Right. Now I can make a life out of this. And I can do what I love to do. And I can be, you know, I can create a life out of it. And I think that's kind of how, in a way, maybe how you've built what you've
1: built. That's it. So, I mean, I, I was doing this work for free. I did it for three people for free. And then I charged somebody a few hundred bucks. And then the next time I charged a few thousand bucks. And then the next time I was able to charge double that. Yeah. And that's insane. Uh-huh. And I would never have gone to the three people in the beginning and said, yep, you owe me thousands of dollars. They would have been like, I don't have that. But I was able to provide that. I was able to get portfolio work experience, connections, and, and the courage yeah. to charge what I was worth. Um, and to provide that value and I think when I saw my students paying for the program before it was over I knew that the value was more than what I was providing right. so and that's what I want I want you to be able to pay for the pro- I want to give you enough information that we're like oh wow, that was a drop in the bucket look everything you told me I have like quadrupled my income as well like yeah. I want that success for you and I think in the health and wellness space, people are like, there's too many coaches, or there's too many motivational speakers, or yeah. I could never... No, there's billions of people in this world. I'm not the coach for everybody. Right. And, and, and you might not be the speaker for everybody, but you're the speaker for somebody, and I'm the coach for somebody. Right. And that somebody has friends. That's so, so powerful. And, People don't have enough faith in that, and and that comes down to they don't have enough faith in their self, in themselves. Um, and and that leap is the scariest leap I've ever taken. You know, my family was like, "So you're gonna make money? <laughs> you, you can live? Yeah. You, you don't need to move back in?" And I'm like, "I think I got it. I think I can do this." And it's great that you know you might have that plan B, or your family might let you move back in with them. But this is actually what I repeat, literally said out loud to myself. No one will let you starve. Um, I don't really come oh. from much. Yeah. Uh, my mom's a single mom. Never made you know, more than $35,000 in her life with two kids. And I always had that fear of figuratively starving. Um, wow. Maybe not literally, but what what if i don't have enough and how did my mom have enough for me and for my brother and you know no one's gonna let me starve no one's let me starve so far we 25 years in i don't think anybody's gonna let me starve now yeah. so if i if i take a leap and i fail i'll still be able to eat somehow yeah um and th- that's literally what got me through like the first 17-hour days, like I would wake up in the middle of the night, and I'd be like, okay, well, there's stuff to do. So I'd just get up at 3 a.m., and I would start working. And that's not a way to live. Um, but I was so hungry for it, it to work out. Yeah. Um, and to not have to fall back on anybody where you, else. Where do
0: you think you got the hunger
1: from? Uh, growing up and watching my mom make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still look back, and I'm like, I don't know how you, I don't know, I don't know how you made it work. Um, I can be able to make it work for myself. Um, and always wanting more. Always wanting to better myself. And I knew I never wanted to stay in Toledo. <laughs> Cleveland's not too far down the road. Um, but I was one of the few people in my high school that went away to college. I, I didn't wanna stay in a bubble. I knew that there was more and I never dreamed of being an entrepreneur. I never dreamed of like having my own thing. But the way it's all worked out has been so organic and everything from my past has been an influence, good and bad. Mm-hmm. I always say that there's strength in the struggle. Um, and even going through my seasons of bodybuilding and my car was totaled, my car was totaled twice in one bodybuilding season. So you're, you know, you're dieting, mm-hmm. you're struggling, you're working out hours a day. My car was totaled twice. I lost my cousin um, who I was also a caregiver for. Um and I just dove deeper into the structure of bodybuilding to get me through. Um, and that's something I had to deal with, you know, when this season was over. But I came out stronger. Um, and that was one of the many lessons. Um, that there's always something to learn from the bad parts of your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's plenty of things to learn from the good parts, but I think the bad parts, the hard parts, make you Stronger, more resilient. On the other end, mm-hmm. you just need to get there.
0: Um, so you said before, and I want you to say this because you said strengthen the struggle. And what was the second part before when we were you talking? You gotta about be
1: okay with the suck.
0: You gotta be okay with the suck. You gotta, gotta what get what you uncomfortable. By, okay. Gotta, so
1: nobody wants to be uncomfortable, but how can you grow if you don't? go through any form of change and usually change is uncomfortable so like I'm going through a season of suck right now um I've never been this heavy in my life um but it has nothing to do with the person that I am so if you so if you take a step back and you're like okay well this this sucks but I'm still a good person my my business I'm still able to pay the bills Mm that's positive a positive. Um, and even if you're not, you'll be, you'll be able to pay the bills at some point, or you will be the weight you want some point where you will have more clients. It's just a season of suck. And what can you learn from it? What, what are, how are you changing to be better, um, in that season of growth and prosperity? Um, so yeah, get, get okay with the suck.
0: I love that. I love that because one thing is I think that for, for young people, and this includes me, is we're afraid to suck in front of other people. And that's what stops a lot of us and what stopped me for a long time, you know, and still slows me down to be completely honest. Like I'm afraid in a lot of ways to suck in front of other people. And I just posted about it recently, but like I've been addicted for a lot of my life to the approval of other people and the acceptance of other people. So I want to show my best self all the time, and that's it, because I don't want you to know that there's anything wrong with me. What happens is you live a facade,
1: right. and no one can relate to that. Right. And they think, okay, well he's too perfect, so I don't want to buy what he's selling, or I don't, I can't even listen to this anymore because I'm not that good. Yeah. And if you start off with, hey, you know that, you know that time in your life when everything went wrong. And you talk about it, and then you talk about how you came out of it. Mm. And that, that, that growth, that strength that came out of the struggle or the suck. Um, and that's what I think when I wake up first thing in the morning. I talk about, like, I woke up with a headache. We're talking about
0: Instagram right now.
1: Yeah, Instagram story. It's the v- most powerful tool out there because people are able to see you in real time. So the what vlogs did for YouTube, well, well, that might have been two days ago. What are, what are you doing right now in this world of instant gratification? Yeah. And, and I do it with other people, with influencers and my family. I'm like, What are they doing? Like watch their latest story, even though I watched it an hour ago, like, there's a new one. So we all wanna know what you're doing and it comes down to documenting your life instead of like we talk about content creation. And I think when you try to be perfect and you cure, yeah. curate your Instagram, right? it's even harder to curate your Instagram story there's a disconnect yeah. because the person who is working 12-hour days or the person who doesn't feel like they have their life to, they're like how is their their colors all line up their everything's perfect and like oh i don't have time for that like yeah i can even i can even look at that um how do you how do you get people to stay engaged yeah. and um, we talk about this a lot in my little Instagram community is how do you create a conversation in the comments? So I can't, I can't, I can respond to everybody, but I can't have a full on conversation. And it happens a lot in my macro mindset programs. All of a sudden these girls are answering questions before I even have a chance to respond back. And you want to create that community in the comment section, that conversation where they're empowering each other and you're just the vessel. It's just your page, and they they, can, they come for you, and they love you, but then they met four more friends who are all helping each other huh, okay. in the comment section. And I think that's really powerful, and more women need to be aware of. It's not a competition. It's how do we create this community, mm. um, you know, Girl supporting girls is a powerful thing. Not that guys aren't important. (laughs) Um, But this empowerment, especially around a lot of the things that I talk about on my page, the self-love, the weight loss, you know, the weight gain. How can we empower? A lot of the things you see, talking about curating your Instagram, there's a lot of Facetune, there's a lot of photo editing. You might take 400 pictures and you pick the best one. You know, you're not picking the bad ones. Um, and then that's what girls see, and then they almost feel bad about them themselves because they don't look like that. Mm-hmm. But really, the person's photo you're looking at doesn't look like that either. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's hard to realize. Um, but I think people like myself that talk about it and show you first thing in the morning <laughs> their their face with no makeup on, or their stretch marks, or whatever, like, oh, she, she's she's normal.
0: Yeah,
1: she's not faced. Her skin's not perfectly smooth. She has a pimple, uh, which is no, everybody has pimples. Right. Um, so yeah.
0: That answers one question that I was like. So I told you this before, but selfishly, I wanted to have Alex on because I wanted to learn from you, and then I know by doing it, everybody that's going to watch this is going to learn and they're going to become a better person. Um, but um what do you think and you've said it you've already talked about how to build kind of an instagram community and it, it really just social media in general but what would you say the number one key for somebody um in building their personal brand and their business what would be the, the main thing or your biggest advice for them on social media you could talk about instagram specifically or whatever
1: to be authentic to just be yourself um If you try to be like someone else there's already someone else out there they're already doing their own thing and they're already successful so why are people going to come follow you if you're just you know an invitation um and it's hard with instagram the algorithm you know it's a game it really is who how many comments how many likes engagement post at 3 pm story five times a day and i just try to be as organic as possible and it used to really bother me i used to be like I haven't gotten a post-up today. Like, it's going to hurt the algorithm. No one's going like, to, my engagement's going to go down. And If I don't have something to say that day, I don't force it anymore. Hmm. Um, and I think that's powerful. And I would rather have an engaged group of 15,000 people than 100,000 people that don't really care and that came for the butt selfie or that you know, came because I, I did post seven times that week. Um, but th- that might have all been garbage, and that's not the, what I want to put out. So number one, be authentic. And number two, s- I shouldn't say steal. Talk to people. Um, collaborate. Just like what you're doing. You wanted to sit down and talk to me to learn, and I want to sit down with, to talk to you to learn. And you don't even have to post it. Like, we could just be putting this on Instagram story. Right. But, but now my followers know somebody else that's really cool, doing other cool things. And their followers know me doing something cool that they might relate to. And so it's this idea of bringing tribes together. So you have a tribe and I have a tribe. But you might have a girl who's really self-conscious about her we and is trying to be more athletic. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I can so relate to her tribe. And now she's got another tribe that, you know, She's involved with, and that's how your business grows. That's how your brand grows. Is people taking your tribe and bringing it to their tribe, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Okay, love that. Um, You touched on it for a second. So my sister follows you, and she loves you, by the way. I told her yesterday. I was talking on the phone yesterday, and she goes, "I go, hey." She goes, "She, what are you doing tomorrow?" I said, "I'm." meeting with Alex to do the podcast. She's like, oh my gosh, I love Alex. Can you ask her this specific question? So she was talking about, she's like, I really want to get into macro eating, but I'm scared. What would you tell somebody um, that says that?
1: So I tell people, you can eat a donut. You can eat more and lose weight. That's my message. They're like, okay. Um, And that was me. I was like, there's no way. Like, I wasn't even eating protein bars. Closed-minded
0: to it? No yeah, hours. I was like,
1: I'm not even protein bars. So the way you break it down is your budget. And as long as you stick to your budget, you have this new freedom of foods. So you can eat fruit. You, I'm not telling everybody to go eat a donut every day. But on the weekend, eat a donut. So diet culture perpetuates this idea of fruits, bro dieting eat less eat only Did salad. You bro dieting? Bro dieting. Yeah. The chicken, brights, okay, broccoli, like bodybuilder. Yeah. And you can only eat that and that's the only way to lose weight. And that's not true. And there's not a lot of research on reverse dieting, but like we talked about, if you've dieted for so long, your, your machine isn't working really well. It's, it's running slow, your metabolism, yeah. that fire is, isn't burning bright. Now, when you go to Mitchell's ice cream, you just throw a log on your fire because you're normally not eating Mitchell's ice cream. So what if instead we Which threw- Which Mitchell's a-
0: ice cream by the way?
1: I used to tell people I was dating Mitchell's ice cream. <laughs> I'd be like, my boyfriend Mitchell. And they'd be like, oh Mitchell. And I'd be like, yeah, the ice- I'd go five times.
0: What's your ice cream of choice there?
1: <sighs> the Taster's Duo Okay. with either the wildberry crumble and the key lime pie in the summer or in the winter, the, it's like the peanut butter pretzel Fudge one with the praline, okay. the pra- their praline, so good in a waffle cone. Tasters duo in a waffle cone. Okay. Very nice. Like the, the the Rocky River location knows my name. The down, <laughs> the downtown location knows my name, and I've hit up the Avon location a few times. So, I mean, <laughs> so you have this fire and it's not burning, it's not burning bright because you don't, you don't throw any logs or twigs or anything. So then you go to Mitchell's and you throw, you throw a log in your fire, but it's not burning so it can't burn it up. So it's, that's your fat and that more fat stays on, on top until the next time you go to Mitchell's. Instead, what if we take some twigs and leaves and sticks, a little bit of carbs, a little bit of fat, maybe a little bit more protein. What if we throw that on a little by little every week? Well, then your fire gets revving and that's what reverse dieting is. So I start everyone off um, at what I think their baseline is and I give you macros and let's say I give you 200 grams of protein, 300 grams of carbs and 80 grams of fat for someone your size, hypothetically and i give you a sample meal plan based off of that so this is how i would break it down and you might tell me in your intake form i have to have my coffee with cream and sugar every morning i eat oatmeal every day and i have chipotle every day for lunch so i take that and i budget that food out so you might have to get the salad at chipotle instead of the double rice right but we can make chipotle work so there's little tweaks that we can do we might you might love eating chocolate, you might love eating double chocolate chunk at Mitchell's every day. Well, what if we ate the halo top? That's right.
0: <laughs> That's what the only if... thing I've ever gotten there, is raspberry, black raspberry chocolate chunk. Only thing I've ever gotten, I won't stray away because- Black raspberry chocolate. Because it's a risk, okay? Because if, if I get something else, I know how good it is, but if I get something else, what, if it's not as good, then I'm just like, but this is amazing, so I just don't even take the risk.
1: That was, Ooh, that was me with wildberry berry crumble for okay. long time. Um, So I'm like, what if we take out that Mitchell's and we maybe eat a pint of Halo Top instead? Or instead of having a whole bag of Cheez-Its and a bottle of red, I actually have a client that I, I programmed in Cheez-Its <laughs> and a, a, a glass of wine. That's her dessert every wow. night. The che- that sounds great to me. You know, and we make it work. Yeah. Um, so the idea of macros, it takes this, this um,
0: misconception,
1: it, it takes the idea of I only have to eat healthy foods okay. out because let's face it, no one's perfect. No one's always eating whole foods, veggies, organic chicken. Like I strive to do that, but I just had a cocktail at brunch. Like I, yeah. I'm... Who's that going to town hall on the week? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So how can you fit that in? And if it fits your macros. So what I tell people every day, pick the the first thing you want to eat and the last thing you want to eat. What is going to make you the happiest in the morning and what is going to make you satisfied before bed? I don't care how many macros you have. You might be able to fit a spoonful of Halo Top in, but if that's going to set you up To be successful for the next day without feeling deprived, eat that one spoonful. So then your snack, your lunch, your pre-workout, and your dinner, fill those with a salad and chicken, avocado, kli kraut, you know, fill that with all of your micros and your good stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you want a waffle for breakfast and you want Halo Top for dinner, or even just one of those meals. If, if Say you want eggs and avocado and salsa for yes. great breakfast. Great. What is gonna make you the happiest in the day and choose the first thing you wanna eat and the last thing you wanna eat?
0: Love that. So it's like, in a, in a lot of ways, it's, um, you're not saying you can only eat healthy stuff. You can still have those things that you like, we just gotta ch- maybe change the other things as well.
1: Change the amount. So. You okay. might want two scoops at Mitchell's. Got it. But what if we can only fit one in?
0: I don't know. I don't know though. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's getting people to, and what I think is the most valuable lesson is it's getting people to turn the box around and look at the nutritional labels. No one's looking at nutritional labels. And so from everything I've gone through, I had to not only look at the macros, but the ingredients. And that was like kind of my aha moment for my journey is, okay, well, the sugar-free syrup might have no macros, but it's got 25 things I can't pronounce in it. So maybe I shouldn't be eating it. Right. But I don't have to eat that every day. I could like treat myself or maybe even have some real maple syrup. Yeah. Um, and use carbs on that. Or I really like implementing refeeds instead of cheat meals with my clients. So once a week, you get 50 carbs and 20 fats, which you can fit like a burger at Town Hall in with that. Yeah. Um, So once, once a week, go eat a burger and fries. And it might not be exactly 50 carbs and 20 fats, but at least you estimated it and you plugged it in and you're aware. Instead of, well, it's Saturday, I'm going to go to brunch, and then we're going to hit up Mitchell's, and then we're going to go to Barley House and drink a bottle of vodka. And you're like, oh well, Saturday's washed, so Sunday, now I'm hungover, and now I'm going to eat brunch again. In yeah. that, So it gives you this structured cheat meal, so you know where you're at, and you're not like, oh, the day is gone. Yeah. Um, and that's something I really try to hammer home with my clients. The day's not gone. Just plug it in and be aware of what you're eating. It might not be exact to the gram, but you're not competing. Right. You're not. No one's no one's double checking you. No one's coming to knock on your door if you're five grams off. You know what I mean? Um, it's about overall weight loss. And something that's really scary is, oh, no, the scale went up like two pounds today but what did it do overall all week right so i i mean i have clients that are like well it doesn't seem like it's going very well and i'm like you're overall down six pounds like you might have gained one pound this week but that could be stress that could be some extra sodium that could be a bowel movement and getting them to look at the bigger picture when you know sorry girls it it is girls women that are obsessed with that number on the scale, yeah. instead of how they're feeling.
0: Yeah. Oh.
1: And so macros are a great tool, but if you're using them to eat donuts every day, how do you feel? Right. So it's definitely a balance, but you never want to feel deprived, and that's why diets fail. Mm. It's because they're like, well, Atkins says I can never have carbs, Keto says I can only have avocados, yeah. <laughs> which is not true, but. You have these diets where, where the master cleanse, where you only eat, drink lemonade for like, I don't That's know. It's insane. Sh- so shout out to started. Beyonce. Let <laughs> me like, start on that, I can't, I can't stand, stand
0: it. it. Um, like, And this is, you're, you know way more than I do on this stuff, but I lost 30 pounds in 2017 and people ask
1: That's amazing.
0: Ask, ask me how, lifestyle. I just ate a little bit differently consistently and I worked out a little bit more you know, and over the course of really eight months, I lost 30
1: pounds. Eight months.
0: And it wasn't, I didn't do this like 30 day diet plan.
1: That was going to be my next. I didn't do this
0: like juice thing, because here's the thing is I've seen people do those and a month later, they're right back where they started. I'm like, and what you're talking about, sounds like a lifestyle, like creating a different, I think that's in everything. Everything that you do is like, if you can just, I I don't know if you've ever heard of the book Slight Edge. You ever heard of it? I have. it's an awesome book, but it talks about like changing, if you just, if, like if you save 10 bucks a day or $10 a week or something over time, what that will do. And so you just change one little thing um, about your life, whether it's in business, whether it's about, you know, whatever it is, and you do it consistently, over time, the results are unbelievable. And that's why like, it's like with my writing, you know, writing, like I'm a 10 times better writer than I was a year ago, right? But I just did it consistently. Every week I write. Every week I write three, four, five blogs. I may not post all of them, but I'm writing, so I get better. Working at it. that muscle, right? And so, um, what do you think? Last two questions here. What is your purpose?
1: My purpose. It's, it's actually something I'm struggling with because I have this fitness business and I have, you know, a brand building business, and I think my purpose is to help women build confidence, whether that is with their bodies or with their brands. And the reason why I haven't, you know, shut off one business and like I have two paths is because I see the beauty in both of them. I see the check-ins that I get every Sunday, Monday, and you change my life. And then I see people who I've created a brand for them. And now they have a business and they don't have to stay in there nine to five that they hate. Yeah. And so, my purpose is helping other women find their purpose and and helping that flourish and to build confidence in them to where they can wear that dress or they can start this business. Yeah. Um. And it it seems broad, but it all boils down to helping women.
0: Yeah. How, How much, much does, does that, that drive you? you?
1: A lot. I. I there was whenever I get frustrated or I think like, I'm, I'm not having a, you know, I'm not making enough or I'm not making enough impact. Well, every Sun there's a Sunday every, every seven days yeah. and a new round of check-ins comes in. And those check-ins and those group calls with my Build Your Brand clients, they like my, it, it's like a reset every week. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter if my week went bad or good, th- the feedback that I'm getting lights my fire.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, to know that it's changing their lives, it's building confidence in whatever they're doing, um, gives me confidence to know that I can do more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, it started with you know those first few clients and those first few people that I did design work for. Yeah. And I didn't expect to grow to this, but it, it's a snowball effect.
0: Right. Um, I love that. And- I want to go back, just touch on that real quick, the snowball effect, Um, because the last person I did an interview with said almost the exact same thing, said it in different words, but starting small, and how his business, he went from making a couple hundred dollar purchase orders for these products that he was selling online, to now he just, um, four years later, uh, did a purchase order for $100,000, but he started small, and didn't leave his day job, he still had, he had like, I think two part-time jobs or whatever, and he was doing his own thing and then he, he just started small and I think that's the one mistake I've made is I probably should have done more of that is like um, I just I'm an all-in type person. I can't be I don't know why but from the from age of zero I've been like I have to be all in or else like it just doesn't work for me if I'm not all in like when I, I dropped out of college like I was all in I was just like let's go let's do this. I have no idea what's gonna I have no idea how I'm gonna make this work but I'm just gonna do it. Um, so I quit my job and I look back and think maybe I should have just done some things part time and then quit. That probably would have been better financially. But um, I love the start small because I think so many times people in general, especially young people, think I have to like, they look at these people and this is the big, big one of the biggest reasons why I'm doing this is because they look at these people on, on Instagram and on social media and they have a hundred million dollar business and They've got other, they're so successful or, you know, maybe it's not even a business, but a professional athlete or whatever. And um, they look at how big that is and they're almost intimidated by it in a way like, well, how do I get to a hundred million dollars? Well, let's just focus on how you make one dollar. You know what I mean? How do you make a dollar? How do you sell one product? How do you do one thing? And then build from there. Stop focusing so much on like, I'm gonna, you know, I have to be, I have to do all these incredible things. They just start, just start small and build.
1: So like what we talked about with the people that have a plan B and the people that don't, I think it works out, it's working out great for you, it's working out great for me, and it's okay to have a plan B or it's okay to not have a plan B. But it's not okay to say I'm gonna help 27 billion people when you haven't even helped one. Right. And that's okay to have that in your idea. Right,
0: you, vision, th- right.
1: That's okay, they can put it on your vision board. But you have to plan to help one person, and what, what does that look like?
0: Yeah.
1: Because helping all, se- there's not 27 billion people in the world, <laughs> all, all seven billion, that plan looks different. Yeah. So if you're working on this plan, you forgot all the steps right. in the first plan. At, and it doesn't have to, it is essentially start small, but it almost has that negative connotation. But I don't want to do small things. I don't, right. I don't want to be small. It doesn't mean you're going to be small or you're only going to do big, small things. It means accomplish step one before you try to accomplish step 27. Right. Um, and that whole instant gratification thing that, yeah. you know, millennials, I mean, we have cell phones. Like, anything we want is at the tip of our fingertips. And instead of slowing down and setting that foundation, which is what I teach and Build Your Brand, I'm like, that's great that you have ideas and you have 30 clients already and you want to double and have six. But do you have an LLC? Right. Do you have an EIN? Do you have QuickBooks? Like, how do you pay yourself? Yeah. Oh, you're just... Paying yourself with every single, what about taxes? Right. And I'm like, we got we to like think about the foundation or they'll be like, well, I want my logo to be blue and this and that and I go, well, who's your ideal client? Who's right. your client persona? Oh my gosh, Alex. Do they like blue? Yeah. Well, I like chocolate milk, so should I put chocolate milk on my logo? You like double chocolate chunk Mitchell's ice cream, so should you just talk about double chocolate? No. That's not what your ideal client wants. So we focus on diving deeper and creating that foundation and that in turn when you go to write content. Well, who's my ideal client? Well, oh I know what I know what Susie wants, so I can talk about that. Or I know that my logo has to be empowering and simplistic and or maybe it needs some frills, and maybe it needs to be flowers and flourish, and that's my concept. And I mean, that's literally what I'm doing. I have one girl; her concept is flourish, and I have another concept that's be more. And I'm like, well, your logo's it's not gonna different. look yeah. anything like yeah, what her logo. Yours is gonna be bold, strong, empowering. Hers is gonna be frilly, maybe some flowers, maybe cursive writing. Yeah, completely different. So I don't really care if you like cursive writing. Right. If you make cursive writing and your message is be bold, you know, how how do we take a step back and build that foundation? And it doesn't mean you're gonna be small. But but take a week, think about it, build a brand board, write a client persona, get an LLC, protect yourself, set your business up for success instead of throwing paint at the wall and hoping it sticks.
0: Love that, love that. Um, Last question. Um, What's your definition of success?
1: I think it's the amount of people you impact that actually listen.
0: Hmm.
1: So it's not just throwing paint at the wall and hopefully it impacts. But how many of those people that you impacted are actually taking that advice and then implementing change in their life? Or, you know, they've learned something from you. So it's one thing to impact, but what are people learning from you? What's their takeaway? And, you know, I, I, I don't understand how people do, just put out an, a fake, facade on Instagram. I yeah. couldn't imagine, that's gotta be a lot of work. Yeah. Um, so in being your true self, how many people can you impact and what are they gonna do with the information you're providing? Yeah.
0: It takes a lot more energy to be somebody you're not than it to actually be who, who you really are. How true is that? It's like, if you are, um, if you're being somebody else, there's a quote that one of my favorite quotes um, is Be yourself, everybody else is taken. Because it takes so much energy to be somebody else. Um, So, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. And um, we talked today about, I don't know, we talked about so many different things. We talked about branding, we talked about how to get started in your own business, we talked about your inspiring story, we talked about success, purpose, um, macro eating that I learned. Like, I have like a page and a half of notes here. Um, And so, this has been phenomenal and thank, thank you so much thank for, you so much for coming on and um and i, I know for a fact um that this is going to impact somebody and probably many people um how can people find you on instagram what what's your what's your tag okay.
1: so my handle is a l m a z z u r c o it's okay. al the first two letters of my first name and my last name and then my website's Al Mazurko fit. Okay. Um,
0: yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, and God bless.